Welcome to another episode of The Artistic Director. Uh, I am sitting here with Sean Hancock. Sean, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing really great. Okay, I'm doing awesome. really great. It's yeah. great to hear. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for the listener who isn't familiar with you, can you give a brief history of uh, your performance and what led you to become the artistic director of Recycled Minds? Sure. It started out uh, with me. I fell in love with uh, theater originally, and then I discovered improv after doing theater for a couple of years and realized that improv allowed me to get that performance fix that I desired as an actor, a uh, stage actor, um, yet it didn't have to uh, tap into my social life <laughs> with the rehearsals, uh, <laughs> since in improv there wasn't as many rehearsals. So I, And plus I just like the, the instant creativity. I, I heard someone say that improv is the most immediate form of theater, and something about that I just fell in love with. And um, just creating something on the spot, being the actor, the writer, the director with other people all at once was fascinating to me. So I began to pursue improv, and that brought me to Los Angeles, California, where I studied at the Groundling School of Improv, uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, and I performed at I.O. for a while with my group Soda Jerk uh, through Monkey Butler Comedy Mm -hmm. down there. And um, that's where I got introduced to teaching. I have like a whole like life change story that happened to me in in Los Angeles. Uh, that was like my uh, come to Jesus kind of style of life change, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with teaching, and um, I got invited to go to England to start a theater. And from that point on, I just started a journey growing closer into operating and owning my own improv uh, theater company. Um, that even produces stuff beyond uh, improv, where it's it's almost like a creative arts uh, company, and um, that was yeah. So that was the gateway into me being an artistic director. Yeah, and how did uh, how did recycled minds recycled minds start up? Uh, it started. I was in Ohio doing okay. an outdoor drama, and I was wanting to do improv on the mountain that we were that we were doing our show. It was the Tecumseh. It was this outdoor drama. Something about in Ohio, man, they just love these outdoor dramas where there's like 2,000-seat theater and there's horses on stage. And yeah. it was crazy, like Kentucky rifles and shotguns and cannons. Anyways, I was trying to find some people to do improv with, like when we weren't doing shows. Yeah. <laughs> and we had like 60 shows that we had to do that summer. Oh, man. But I just started the name Recycled Minds came to me. Just because the idea of taking something and transforming it into something else, you know, taking an idea and creating it into a show. So yeah, that's that's kind of where the the name Recycled Minds uh, came to me. Cool. But uh, how did it end up in Boise? After Ohio, I moved back to Idaho, and uh, I reached out to a couple of people that I was taking improv classes with, and I was like, hey, are you want what about what do you think about putting a troupe together? And some of them were like, yeah, maybe. And then I reached out uh, to a buddy of mine in high school that we used to do theater and we were writing plays together when we were in high school. And I was like, Jeff, hey, what do you think about doing some improv? And he's like, dude, I was thinking of the same thing. And so so he knew some people who were interested. And so we just kind of started getting together and finding the right people. And Recycled Minds essentially was kind of 
born out of out of that. So I'm going to uh, transition this into the question that this podcast is centered around. Okay. Um, and it's a big, ambiguous question. There are many ways to answer it, so feel free to answer it however you so choose. Okay. Uh, but the question is simply, what is your artistic direction? <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. Well, that is a, that is a great question. Um, I think that... It's so big, but <laughs> it's a little too big for its own. Good. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's good. I think it's good to ask those yeah. big questions. Yeah. You know, I think my artistic direction. I you know I can't just that goes beyond improv yeah. and classes. Yeah. I think that for me, um, I would love to leave this world a better place than I found it. And I think that improv is a vehicle for transformation. Um, for growth, for personal development, and for, you, you know, you, you ask anybody who's done improv long enough, they'll tell you that the improv principles transfer over into real life. Yeah. And for me, I really, I, I see that. And so, you know, own, owning and operating an improv theater with your wife, which I do with Colleen, we apply things. And so we see how if things aren't quite working out with uh, in our life, we're almost like, what improv principle, you know? Are we not making each other look good? Are not, yeah. we not reacting to the last thing here? So, um, and, all, and, and Colleen and I, there's also a spiritual element, I think, in, um, in well, I know in our lives, like I'm, I was a, a, an assistant pastor for a time. And so um, my artistic direction, I think, has, uh, has adapted and changed over the years. But I think for me, it's knowing people, loving people, and treating them well. And, um, yeah, just kind of love God, love people. That's yeah. kind of my yeah. artistic direction. So. Yeah. How do you, when you are leading uh, Recycled Minds or any theater entity, how do you foster that uh, in the community that is the theater? How do you foster that love for, for each other? Yeah, I think um, I try to really get to know people. I sit down with people and I ask them why you're here. And so my goal is to know them at first on an individual level. And so when I know why they're here, I discover what their goal is. And so I have a goal at the end of the eight weeks. I have a goal to do a class show with them and teach them the improv principles. But now I have another goal and that's to get them to their goal. Yeah. And I know that the byproduct of learning these improv principles over the course of the eight weeks is actually going to help them get closer to their own goal. So we kind of team up together. Yeah. And I think, that's, I think that's it. I think really knowing people, and when people have a sense of belonging, like they feel like they belong with you, they feel at home with you, mm -hmm. then you really, really get to know them, and then they want to be the best version of themselves. Yeah, yeah, and that like that helps the theater uh, flourish, or not flourish, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, blossom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, say, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that, I think some of the, the most beautiful improv theaters have a sense of loyalty with their people, like they find, like it does feel like home. You know, yeah. and people want to bring, like, good people want to bring people home and practice hospitality. You know, it's like, yeah, hey, absolutely. come hang out in my house. Come, let's, I want to invite you to a barbecue. Like, we want other people to belong. We want to have really cool people in our lives. And so um, I think developing a community that people want to be involved in, like, 
that's that that'll grow your theater right there. Yeah. You know? Yep. If people love hanging out with you, they feel like <laughs> they get something from your friendship, not in a selfish sort of way, but it's like, yeah. dude, this person knows me. They listen to me. They they know what what my goals are and they're they're sharpening me. They're holding me to a level of accountability. Yeah. You know? And and I think there's you know, sometimes we look at, uh, you know, accountability being like, hey, dude, don't screw up. But really, accountability is holding someone a- to account for their abilities. And part of that is really seeing inside people and seeing what they're meant for, seeing what they're, like, designed for, you know. And um, sometimes other people can see what you're really good at better than you can. Yeah. I think holding people accountable also is one of the greatest acts of compassion mm, that you mm-hmm. can you can give to another person because it, yeah it's not so sometimes it's interpreted as oh this other person is pointing out a flaw or like they're saying I'm wrong somehow right but I think it's truly another person saying hey yeah you're not being the best or th- there are steps that have removed you from the best version of yourself let's together find out what right. those steps are yeah uh, h- how do you go to because a big thing in improv is like blocks you, you get yeah. up on stage and you're just like there's something and there's a weird tension in your shoulder and then something yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you as a teacher and as an artistic director um like find and acknowledge those blocks in the students and the uh, and the performers of your company. Hmm. Um, I think finding them, they come out in in class or workshops or rehearsals. You see the blocks, and so what I try to do is I try to practice games that force people to move past those blocks. A lot of times, I might if it's if they're not getting it over and over again. <laughs> Um, I'll usually have like a one-on-one conversation with them and I'll say like, this is what I notice. And the thing is like, I'm not trying to like, a lot of times people know what their block is. So I'm not trying to, to wave that. You know what I mean? Like, I think the, the idea is. (laughs) There are people running upstairs and surprisingly enough, I'm looking at the little audio signature and I don't think it got picked up. Okay. Fantastic. Great. There's a small rolling thunderstorm yeah, yeah. above our heads, but we're good. What was I saying? Uh, uh, holding people accountable and um, accessing blocks for people. Oh, right, blocks, yeah. right, right. So I think I, I try to get them tools to get past the block, and I think um, it's really different for each person. So I try to give them games and practices. And when I see someone have breakthrough – when I see someone get past a block, and usually it's because they were vulnerable, it's usually because they did something they were uncomfortable with, we congratulate them. We all celebrate. It becomes a shared victory for everybody. And so when that person, all of a sudden, everyone's applauding them, then um, things have changed where they've gotten um, confidence, a whole level of confidence in themselves. Um, I know a lot of artistic directors have some sort of difficulty with the one-on-one aspect mm-hmm. with it and uh I, you know, I met you like about two years ago now wow <laughs> um yeah and like th- that's something that uh felt very natural from the get-go for you it's just like a, a really you're a very good uh talker with people oh, if, if i if i may so well thank so. you <laughs> um but what, what sort of advice would you give to an artistic director who's maybe i don't know may, maybe isn't quite on the smoothness level of mm-hmm. those one-on-ones because I think one-on-one conversations are crucial for an artistic director yeah. to be able to have. Yeah. 
So, uh, so essentially, like, how do you how do you have a one on one conversation when maybe you maybe that's difficult for you? Yeah, I, or, or I guess more so, how do you be the one that directs a one on one conversation? I simply call a person over or say, hey, you know, so and so, can I, can I talk to you for a second? Or, and I'll just check in and be like, I'll, I'll I'll be like, how are you doing? You know, and sometimes they'll reveal themselves, you know, <laughs> or they'll be like, um, yeah, I, I'm doing okay. Yeah. I think that, and, and I'll kind of check in with them cause yeah. there might be something else outside of improv that's affecting them, yeah. you know? And maybe this is my background as being a pastor or something like that, that I'm like, I, something's going on, you know, yeah. but I usually don't pry in that sense. Um, unless, unless I really, unless there's something really happening to where it's like, yeah. dude, you know? This this demands a conversation. This demands a, uh, over a cup of coffee or something like that. Yeah. And I don't have a problem doing that um, because I'm really trying to invest in people for the long term. Like we're building something for the long term. So, um, but I also really care about people. You know, it's not just a, an improviser or a student. It's like these are these are people. You know. Yeah. Anyways, so I'll say, I'll basically say so. This is what I'm noticing in you, or this is what I'm. This is what I would like to get to. So I tell them where I'd like to go, and then I start calling out what I'm seeing in them. I see that you're willing to make the other person look good. You're really good at responding. In fact, you're a good gift giver, but you're giving gift after gift after gift <laughs> and not letting the other person respond to your first thing. Yeah. It's like if we're playing ping pong you keep hitting over the ping pong balls to them they don't have a chance to reply yeah so you need to know that your gifts are good just wait for them to respond and trust that they have your back enough to give you a good gift your job was great given the yeah. given the gift now just respond and then treat their gift the way that you love yeah to be treated you know and that's a there's a fun fun thing to play with where i think on stage a lack of trust in your scene partner is also, it's almost like a mirror. It's also a lack of trust in yourself. <laughs> mm. When you give a gift, uh, or yeah, when you initiate anything or make a bold claim at all, right. there's this like little tiny moment of hesitation, this little tiny critic that exists in the moment in your head that says, oh, was that really good? Was right. that really a great gift? Or did you... And I think part of the uh, fun of improv is, is learning how to be like, okay, little critic. <laughs> you got to yeah. calm down right now. After the show is great. Mm-hmm. After the show, let's like have a quick consultation and see like what happened. Totally. What's a lot of that... I ch- from day one, in like the first day of class, we try to remove that, that little critic in the head. And we talk about judgment. And we, we basically say, you leave judgment out in the parking lot where you parked your car or whatever it doesn't it's it's not welcome in here you don't judge other people and most importantly you don't judge yourself yeah and so we're basically giving people permission to be like oh you know what i'm gonna try something and i'm gonna be bold and courageous and step out there and i can't judge myself for that and then we say and may judgment that you left in the parking lot never find you again yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) exactly and i think it's really this is why i like I've heard a lot of improvisers, and I agree with this, say that every kid should take an improv class. Totally. And I think it's because when you, if you have a good teacher, they introduce the idea, like, this is a non-judgmental place. Right. 
Um, yeah. And even when you go back to the metaphorical judgment in the parking lot, if you were in there for two hours practicing not like true non-judgment, right. when you go back to it, it's weakened. Right. And, Absolutely. And then totally. it's week after week after week. Right. And then the, 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 the capacity that, that terrible judgment that you right. have, like where you're just like, eh, they didn't mm-hmm. do my food right at this restaurant or something. Right. 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 Was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're like, if this is true, what else is true in my life with yeah. judgment, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One of the other ideas about artistic direction that I've been toying with is that I think everyone has their own uh, individual artistic direction, regardless mm-hmm. of who they are. I would even claim outside of artists, there's some, even if it's just like a construction worker who's like, I wish I was able to draw or something. Oh, That's yeah, like, yeah. Uh-huh. Like in, in that way. So I think when you're in control of a theater entity, every individual member is coming into the theater with their own individual artistic direction. Mm-hmm. I think one of the difficulties of being an artistic director is giving the group as a whole a singular direction to go in mm-hmm. while still honoring uh, what everyone has, what everyone wants, what everyone has to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to like. The, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I guess like, how do you cultivate that culture to send to send the 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 theater into a singular way, like as an entity mm-hmm. itself? So I think what we really focus on doing is giving people permission to create, and then we give them the tools to create well with others. Yeah. Right. And so it's kind of like building a house. Like you might have goals to build your own home, mm-hmm. and I might come ready to learn to get the tools that I want to build my house. Our blueprint, our, our blueprints may be totally different. Like I might be wanting to build a, a tiny home on wheels or whatever, yeah. and you have, you know, you want to build out of stone or whatever, uh, or something completely, whatever. Yeah. But the point is, <laughs> is like we're coming together learning how to swing a hammer or how to use a chisel or how to use a drill gun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and yeah. so we're gathering all of the tools and we're learning together principles that will allow us to go back in our own and create something that we want for ourselves. Yeah. And I think that is, uh, that's, that's the, that's the trick, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the, how do you do that? <laughs> well, um, I try to create space. So oh, for, for example, I have actors, non-actors, I have public speakers, I have stand-up comedians. <clears throat> so, and people who want to write and do journalism and stuff like that, along with people who just like want to be creative outside of their nine to five, right? Yep. So, we have a goal of creating together. But within that, I know that a couple people want to do stand up. So, we offer stand up nights where we encourage oh, cool. people to compete in Boise's Funniest Person. And in our stand up nights, I've done a bit of stand up myself, so I'll do some feedback the best that I can. You know, yeah. and for people who have do, are doing stand up for the very first time, that's great. You know, that's good stuff for them. And I, I really believe that, like, we're we're fostering a community that is congratulating creativity. And if you've got something creative to offer, you are so welcome to be part of our community. Cool. Yeah. Because I, I just feel like from film, like we now have a couple of award winning films under our belt just because nice. a couple of us were interested in doing films. You know, we have a couple people who um we have um Colleen and I just finished a novel, you know, yeah. so people are like, Hey, I really wanna I really wanna take your writing class. We didn't have one, but now we will in the fall. You know what I mean? Yep. And so I think we're making a space for people to practice their creativity. And um and I think part of that is for us to practice 
what we preach, so to speak, in our own class of pushing outside of our own boxes and getting outside of our comfort zone and um, and making room for other people to create themselves. Yeah, so this the question in my mind that follows is, what have you seen that the performance artists in Boise, what are they looking for? What's what's net, what's in this community? What what is the want within this community? I think it I well I think it varies. I think I think people want to belong. Yeah. I think really that's I think people want to be known by other people. And um and I think people also they want to know that they aren't inadequate. And I think that's what an authentic, like a real community does is they help sharpen each other and basically tell them, hey, you're not inadequate because I just saw what you did on stage. Or you're not inadequate. I just saw how you you actually gave a a note that wasn't criticism. It was um, inspiring and encouraging. Congratulations. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, well done. So I think um, we... So I think as far as the community here, I think it's the same everywhere, actually. People want to belong. They want to be known, and they want to know other people. Um, And people, I think in Boise especially, like, there is a big freedom. There's a big DIY. Like, I'll just just do it myself kind of a thing here. But I'll tell you what, man, you have a lot more fun doing stuff with other people, (laughs) Um, especially when um, when they're like, that's awesome. I want to, how do I do it too? You know what I mean? Or I want to be involved. And so part of the difficulty sometimes is like, is getting out of the way enough to where you're giving them freedom to create. And then you're still involved enough to inspire them and motivate them and help guide them along the way. Yeah. It's it's about giving that space. I really like that too. Because it's about how... How do you know when to step in and, and exert your authority? That's that's a little yeah. bit of an intense way to say that. Right. Then, and then how do you know when to just step back and allow space? So th- this kind of goes down to choices on stage in some ways. We The kind of shows that we do, we do PG, PG-13. Mm-hmm. And so there's certain areas that we don't, there's a line that we don't want to cross, right? And so when someone does cross a line or someone, you know, uses profanities or something like that and in a rehearsal like it's different than if they were to do something like that on stage you know what i mean yeah i'll be like all right guys let's bring it back you know or something like that versus like i i had to have like back in the day when we were really we weren't like language wasn't an issue and stuff like that i had to have like a conversation with a person like dude you can't we don't do that anymore you know or whatever yeah but yeah i think I think knowing when just takes a bit of wisdom mm-hmm. and and each person demands a different form of conversation or confrontation. Yeah. Some people like you can look at them and they're like they get it. You know what I mean? They're like, "Okay, I know that's Sean's look." Like, yeah. okay. You know. And other people like it's more than just some people like it's a I don't know, it's hard to talk about without like giving a, a specific concept but i think that in order to help guide someone into creating or, or ste- stepping in into something that maybe goes beyond their bounds i think this is where i've seen it maybe the most is i have people who are now wanting to become instructors themselves 
And I'm so thankful because we have some amazing improvisers who are wanting to instruct. And they do a dang good job of it. They do awesome. So um, when noting, like if I'm teaching in a classroom, um, if I'm the teacher, I'm the one giving notes. Yeah. So it becomes difficult if the student starts giving notes, but that student is an instructor in another class. There becomes confusion. And, and we've gotten to the point where um, we've had to clarify with students uh, because of because of that particular issue, yeah. and so that's an indicator to me. Okay, it's best when there's one voice in the For classroom sure. when it comes to direction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, this is where I've had to shift when that instructor is in a classroom and they're teaching a group of students, and I'm observing. Yeah. Right, I have to be careful that I'm not overstepping my bounds and overstepping them as an instructor. I have to honor them as the instructor in the classroom. And so I'll actually go to them and be like, hey, yeah. don't forget this. Or I noticed da 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 and they'll be like, oh, okay, great. Then it beca- then it co- comes from their voice. Because yeah. that's them in the role. They're the instructor, so I have to honor that. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And I agree 100% wholeheartedly. It's so much easier for students when there is a singular Mm -hmm. person. It's like, this is the person I'm going to. This is the person I'm focusing on. And this is the person I get notes from in this moment. Getting notes, or giving notes, I'm sorry, is... uh, It's a a process to go through that's sometimes uh, difficult because I think there is a sort of sensibility assessment that you have to go about. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, uh, like, uh, there's some people who are like, I want your harshest notes. I want you to just tell it to me straight. Don't don't take anything out. And there Mm -hmm. are other people who... If you were to go about giving them notes, they would say like, "Well, what's wrong with me? Like, why? Right. Like, like, yeah, um, totally, totally." Not. How, how do you suss that out? I guess how, how is there a way to go about notes that you found productive? Yes, um, yeah, yeah. So noting people in general can be difficult. So it, so knowing people is the best, right? So it takes a level of of discernment of how to note people when you, especially when you don't know them very well. So what I'll do a lot of times is I'll preface them and be like, okay, so I've got something for you that is going to help your scene because I know that you want to have the best scene, correct? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So now I'm giving them a gift, right? Uh, Versus being like, okay, you guys, can we just stop for a second? What? On God's green earth are we doing up here? You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden now you're degrading them yeah. and da, da, da. So I think, so I start with the compliment. <laughs> I, do, I yeah. try to do what's called like the compliment sandwich, yeah, right? I've, I've you start with the sure. compliment, yeah. here's your bit of, you know, of criticism and then go here. And and I used to not do that, um, but because I've had so many, I, I've just been, I've just said it how it is. Like, yeah. hey, that wasn't bad. Here's the issue. Da, 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 da. There you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I want to I want to leave people encouraged, yeah. right? So and and I know that they have a goal. So I always try to like hey, the goal is to have the best scene possible. The goal yeah. is to make the other person look good. The goal is to react to the last thing said. The goal is to have a great scene where the char- we the audience cares about our characters yeah. in the situation. Yeah. So I'll say, "Okay, you did a great job here." You did a wonderful job. Here's my one note. And I think that this is going to actually help you 
if you apply this to every time you hit the stage, this is going to make you just a brilliant improviser. Yeah. So that now they're listening because they want that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then I tell them like all, all I feel like for you specifically, reacting emotionally. When you when they speak and you are just reacting to that, like it affects yeah. your character in some sort of way. It shows that 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 gift that just came out of their mouth has so much weight to it that it affects you emotionally. And I'll have people who like emotion is a difficult thing, like emoting just as a human being, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I really have to work with them that on, on stage with some folks, but, um, that's my approach. And then I'll go back and compliment them. And I might even bring everybody else and be like, was that not awesome? Like, if, especially if it's a breakthrough, yeah. like we'll stop, the session and applaud them. I'll congratulate them, pat them on the back and be like, dude, you did it. You did it. How did, how did you feel? And they're like, well, I was really scared, but I just, you know, I just took your note or whatever. I'm like, if you did that every time I would applaud you, like you did, that was, that was fantastic. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden that's the encouragement that they need. Yeah. And you're, you're setting up this, uh, I guess a vibe for lack of a better word, where you are explicitly stating multiple times that you're there for them. Right. Absolutely. I am here to help you. And mm-hmm. anything that I say is nothing, but the goal is the, my goal is for you to meet your goal, which right. is to help. You. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'll let them know, like my more, uh, you know, seasoned improvisers, I'll be like, okay, I got a super high note for you. This is like, yeah, this is like, this is detailed. Yeah. Like you're already a diamond. I'm yeah. just like, I'm yeah. dusting you off. You know what I mean? Like I might say something like that. Then they're already like, hmm, yeah. okay, you yeah. say whatever yeah. you want. I already feel great. Yeah. So, um, not that I have to coddle everybody, but yeah. you know, some people. I just I just love honoring people and letting them walk away. Man, if I can take, I can take criticism and just you know, and come back better every time. Yeah, that's definitely. And when you get the more seasoned people, especially the people that you really trust, those. Those those directed notes, the I like the dusting off the diamond sort of notes <laughs> right. where it's like it's not a note in a session, it's a note over six months and it's like, Hey, we've been doing shows right. over and over and over again and I'm noticing this tendency or yeah, I'm yeah. seeing this thing. Like mm-hmm. that I think that's a true test of trust between between scene partners because right. like that's or just like, you know, ensemble members because that that's where you're like those notes sort of dig a little bit sometimes yeah. where it's like, oh, this is a tendency. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that you keep going back to. I'm not sure you're aware of that. Um, and that trust is just is just the – if that trust is the foundation on which you've built this relationship, right. it's hard to shake that foundation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have a question. It's just like <laughs> – Yeah, that's great. So we're, uh, we're a little bit past a half hour right now. Okay. Uh, is there anything that you want to talk about about artistic direction or the world of artistic direction or just really anything in terms of improv in general that we haven't yet discussed? I don't think so. I don't know if there's anything I have to add about artistic direction simply because, like, I've been having to learn a lot along the way yeah and i think that at the end of the day like i just want to have a i want to produce high quality content and i want to have a group of entertainers or performers that love their craft and every time they show up they want to do the best job they can and they're not dialing it in i heard someone say that if you take care of the person you take care of the artist you know, you take care. You take care of the artist. You take care of the art, 
And so um, I just use that, or at least I try the best I can to use that when I, when I'm coming to to sharpening the performers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and I think a lot of people. One of the reasons that I've, I'm doing this is because a lot of people are in a similar situation as you, which is they are coming into this role or have come into this role of artistic direction. And it's really just a learning process the whole entire mm-hmm. way through. And I think getting these voices down um, is super important, at least I hope, <laughs> uh, to, to just help help the future generations of artistic sure. directors. Yeah, that's great. Um, I guess is uh, the, the question that I'm going to form from this is, do you have any advice for Sean Hancock uh, as an artistic director now that you would give to him uh, in the past, just starting out as an artistic director? <laughs> yeah. Um, trust your wife. <laughs> she has like really incredible, yeah. incredible insight and is probably the most brilliant person you're, you, you will come across. So, um, yeah, uh, that's Jeff. I think that's it, man. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, she's awesome. So, are you? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Yeah, please, please, please. please. Um, are you like three years, five years? I don't know. Maybe six months down the road, a year down the road. Yeah. Are you seeing yourself as a person who is going to create a space or create a theater? Are you? You know, as part of this, because you care about artistic direction yourself, because you're going to be an artistic director. Um, I. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I think the reason that I started doing this wasn't because I was like, I want to be an artistic direction director, and I want to talk about artistic direction. I think the reason that I started doing this was because I saw a genuine need mm. and gap in the artistic community mm. about what it means to be an artistic director like what what does that title actually mean because there's a lot there's a lot buried beneath those two words artistic director there's a lot of things that you don't think about where um one of the one of the interviews i did um i got to the theater and the guy was setting up the phone and he was like i've been doing this for like an hour and i don't like i don't no, I'm trying to figure this thing out and it's frustrating me, but like that's part of him being the artistic director is mm-hmm. all of these like little things, all of these things that are underneath the art that you are the one who is the reason that is happening. And I've, I've known a lot of artistic directors and I've, uh, I'm friends with a lot of artistic directors, obviously, cause I've known them. Um, and I've seen this, I've seen it time and time again where these people are coming into the role and they're, they're doing a great job and they're learning a lot, but there's, there's this lack of information. There's this lack of understanding of what it means to uh, occupy this role mm. f- at the very beginning that I think it's not necessarily their fault, but I think it can ultimately it can affect other people. Yeah. It can be a detriment to the yeah. theater because mm-hmm. you need to like, like that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from just talking to people is you, if you're the artist director, you need to be decisive. You mm-hmm. need to make some decisions. Totally. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's not just like disregarding your whole entire uh, cast. It's just like at a, at a certain point, you're the person. <laughs> like, yeah. You're the one that makes the decision. Yeah. And so, like learning things like that and getting them on um, on tape or whatever. This isn't technically tape, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a mixtape. Yeah. yeah it's a, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think that's just important. One of the goals I have also for this is I want anyone who wants to be an artistic director or is going into that role to be able to listen to three random episodes mm. and take at least a good amount of information away. Gotcha. So you're equipping artistic directors. Yes, exactly. So uh, to get back to your question, Mm -hmm. I didn't, yeah, it's not necessarily that I will be an artistic director. I can see myself filling that role. Uh Um, It's really, I think I will do that if I go to a community and see the need and have the resources. Mm. Like that is when I will fill that role. And I don't really have, that's not part of my three to five to 10 year plan. As of right now, it does fit within the confines of that plan, right. um, but it's not a specific point where it's like in five years I, I shall be the artistic right. director sure. in some place. Um, and it really depends on the the, the place. Like Boise's got a lot of venues. There's uh, Seattle is like starting to grow with venues, but then there's places like Austin where there's like uh, there's a venue. Short, I think there's um, I just interviewed someone from Austin and she said there's I think five performance venues total in austin really total and it's because rent is so high oh wow rent is being rent's just pushing uh artists out especially because like in the middle of texas austin is the arts town right um and so uh so it's just interesting i'm also just really interested in different perspectives um, uh from people i mean i really like just sitting down with people and like understanding where they're coming from like how they've approached this this whole thing yeah does that answer your question yeah it totally does that's great yeah yeah uh perfect and you very nicely filled the rest of the space by asking me a question (laughs) (laughs) Uh, awesome Uh, any last things that you want to say no no thanks thanks for your time thanks for having me on thank you so much for being on it was uh, awesome these are always so just energizing it's great um if anyone's looking to find either you or recycled minds or anything that you're doing online are there any plugs that you have Sure. Yeah. For, for me, I mean, I do a lot of hosting, acting, emceeing, um, and seanhancocklive.com, okay. uh, where you can find me. Um, but for Recycled Minds, uh, it's recycledmindscomedy.com. That's our classes, our shows, our cor- corporate training, kind of the heart behind what we do. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's the best place. Yeah. Awesome. And then I like to end the podcast with this thing. Can you give one recommendation of anything at all? Could be a movie, a book, a way of life, a quote, a thing to eat, just anything. Oh man! Yeah, I know, I know right. Start One. with a big question, end with a big question. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Get to know Jesus. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was a game changer for me, and the way that I treat treat people. I mean, it sounds you know funny, but it really did. Like my life has changed. Um, yeah. I can't think of anything besides uh, besides him. So okay, um, yeah, that's, that's my recommendation. Perfect, awesome. <laughs> uh, you can find this podcast on Facebook and SoundCloud. Thank you so much for listening, listener, and I hope you have an excellent rest of your day.